Howdy, folks. Welcome to A Green Way Forward, the weekly Facebook live stream and audio podcast where we have weekly conversations about building a peaceful, independent, revolutionary political movement, specifically through the lens of the Green Party. Uh, we talk about issues and also individuals. This particular program is one I am very excited to have because we're joined by not one, but two young millennials inspired by Bernie Sanders, who have now joined the Green Party, not just as members, but as true leaders. One, Angelica Duenas from Southern California, and the next, Eric Rydberg from Northern California. Angelica and Eric, welcome to A Green Way Forward. Thank you. So I, I want to remind the viewers that, that if you're watching on Facebook Live, you can give us comments and questions periodically throughout the show. Uh, and I do want to remind you also, please, to make sure to share this on your own streams. We know we're getting three, five, seven thousand views thanks to people like you. So please help us build this independent political uh, show uh, with a hat tip to Gil Scott Heron. We always like to say the revolution may not be televised, but it will be brought to you over the sources of non-corporately filtered news information and analysis. And to that end, I do want to encourage all viewers slash listeners to go to the website, agreenwayforward.org, and sign up so you'll get weekly reminders of the show, and it gives you the opportunity to decide in what platform to see it. You can see it uh, uh, as a video. You can get a podcast. And I'm happy to say thanks to executive producer Michael O'Neill, you can also find us on iTunes and more platforms to follow. So let's get right into the show. And Helica Duenas, I want to give you an opportunity to describe your political awakening, your trajectory from the Bernie movement to the Green Party. And Helica? Hi, yes. Um, well, yeah, a little bit about how I got into this whole thing. Um, prior to Bernie, I was not really um, interested too much in electoral politics. I was like more focusing on issues and um, in my local community. Uh, but once you know Bernie came into the playing field and he announced his presidency run, um, presidential run, I got very excited and I had a little burst of hope. And um, you know, in the electoral system, so I, I jumped on board. I gave it my all. I was a super volunteer. Um, in fact, I eventually uh, was selected to be a a uh, delegate for Bernie Sanders representing the state of California, made it all the way to Philadelphia, experienced the DNC firsthand, and um, came home with the feeling that I needed something else, um, that the, the Democratic Party was not going to be pushing for the uh, issues that I felt strongly about. And after rigging the primary and stealing the um, the uh, nomination from Bernie Sanders, it was super clear to me that there was something else that needed to be um, worked on or pushed forward. Um, so I, when I became um, uh, aware that there was a Green Party convention the following week, um, grabbed all my family, we took a road trip down to Houston and um, experienced the Green Party convention firsthand in 2016. And I was sold. I met such amazing leaders um, during that, those few days. And I was fascinated by the platform and the energy 
that was the Green Party. And the fact that they were not afraid to stand for the issues that the other major parties were not standing for. Um, and then eventually I became paid staff um, with Jill Science Campaign. I was a Jill Science uh, campaign coordinator for Southern California. And um, come this way, I've been involved in, um, I would say, every level of the uh, Green Party um, locally with Sacramento Valley Greens, which is a, a club, um, with the Green Party of Los Angeles County. I am a member there. I am also part of Green Party of California, and I'm an alternate de delegate for Green Party U.S. So I'm trying my best. Oh, and I'm also a delegate for the Global Young Greens. Um, so <laughs> I even made my way over um, to Liverpool to Global Greens Conference. And it was an amazing experience getting to see the energy and the growth that the Green Party is having worldwide. So Angelica Duenas, it, where I'm from, we'd say you went all in. Uh, you know, <laughs> already Lou has taken advantage of the opportunity to ask questions, to write in to ask, what are the key issues that you're running on? Um, well, we have a full platform with lots and lots of issues, but... Uh, the issues that we are focusing on is housing and homelessness, a lack of housing, really, um, the immigration reform, and uh, single-payer health care. That's Angelica Duenas, who is running for U.S. Congress uh, in Los Angeles, California, a former burner gone green and going deep and going big. Uh, and we're so very excited and honored to have you providing this kind of leadership and energy, Angelica Duenas. Let's also bring into the conversation Eric Rydberg, another young millennial, uh, a homo Indian who is originally from California, still in California, now running for Secretary of State on the Green Party ticket. Eric Rydberg, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And Eric, I'll ask you the same question. Give us a little taste of uh, your awakening, political awakening and involvement. So, um, you know, activism in my family and my mom's side of my family goes way back. Uh, my great grandma, my grandma, my mom, they're all part of, uh, they've all been members of the California Indian Basket, Basket Weavers Association. Um, you know, growing up, my mom was part of like relocation of our basket weaving materials uh, when they were putting in like the Warm Springs Dam here in California. Uh, my family's been very involved with like protecting the Russian River over uh, in Sonoma County, which is our ancestral homeland. Um, that kind of led into me growing up. I was very environmentally conscious. Uh, I did work on like Measure E in Butte County, Northern California, where we actually banned fracking um, in Butte County. And then Bernie Sanders came along, like like uh, Angelica was saying, I wasn't actually involved much with electoral politics. Um, Bernie Sanders came along and started saying things like, uh, you know, healthcare is a right, um, education is a right, these kind of things. Um, my house had got caught in up, caught in the recession, where uh, we ended up having to, uh, we owe like twice as much as what our family property is worth now uh, because of recession and things like that. I did research on that, learned about, you know, the repeal of the Glass-Steagall Act by uh, Bill Clinton. And here comes Bernie Sanders talking about, we need to reinstate Glass-Steagall. Uh, and then also seeing the Apache stronghold, seeing the Kuchiching Nation, the Navajo Nation, uh, getting behind Bernie Sanders, 
uh, was really inspiring to me. And um, so I threw my hat in the ring. I ran for delegate for uh, Bernie Sanders in District 1. And that's when I started seeing what it's really like on the inside of the Democratic Party, what's actually happening there. Um, the name Democratic Party is not necessarily true to form as to what is actually happening in the internal process. So I'm going to stop for a minute because you, you, you covered that so lightly. Let's be clear, folks. The Democratic Party is not internally democratic. Uh, uh, so, Eric, I'm going to ask you to, to, to lay out what you experienced and discovered through the primary process of the Democratic Party. So the first thing that really caught my attention that there was something not right happening was uh, the Arizona, there was a big fiasco during the Arizona primary where um, the polling stations had been cut from 200 polling stations down to about 60, I believe. And um, that caused these really long five-hour lines in the Arizona heat where a lot of people were getting heat stroke. Um, there was people that basically just weren't able to stick around and vote. Uh, it made it very difficult. Um, then there was a bunch of accusations of people not uh, being registered as Democrats. It's a closed primary there. And um, there's basically a voter purge that is very suspect. And if you look at the exit poll data from Arizona, you see that the exit poll, the exit poll data is wildly off from, um, from what the uh, actual votes are. So exit poll data, just for people that don't know, uh, they're extremely accurate. Uh, they have a margin of 4%. You can go 4% in one way or the other. The reason they're more accurate uh, than other polls is because you're asking people uh, after they've already voted, who did you vote for? Versus asking them before they go in, asking them afterwards when they're exiting uh, is much more reliable. So there's a 4% margin. Just, yeah. just to make it clear, folks, egg discrepancy between exit polling data uh, and reported results is what the United Nations uh, uses as one of the, the the metrics to decide whether elections have actually been free and fair and, and accurate or not. So the point that Eric Rydberg is making is really an important one. Yeah. Uh, the America, we actually accused the Ukraine of election fraud. Uh, in 2013 or 14, I believe, um, over a 14% discrepancy. So, like I was saying earlier, the margin of error can go 4% in either way and still be considered a uh, uh, an election of integrity. So, what we had in Arizona was 37% off, right? And Wild. it's not just Arizona, but it was also yeah. California. It was also Nevada. Uh, there were multiple uh, states where there were reported results. Uh, and problems. I don't want to stay focused exclusively just uh, on the primary. Suffice it to say that the Democratic Party did not follow their own rules. Uh, Donna Brazil's uh, memo and book that came out made it perfectly clear uh, that Hillary, the, 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 the entire process was rigged in favor of Hillary Clinton. But what particularly galls me is the fact that a lawsuit was brought against the Democratic National Committee for rigging their own primary. And Helica Duenas, can you speak to us about what happened at that lawsuit? Um, well, what it really struck me was um, their defense on it, the, the DNC's lawyer's defense, which was more or less saying that, you know, the DNC is a private organization and they can really 
um, do what they want with it. So meaning that we should not really be expecting uh, democratic input um, within a private organization that it really they don't have to follow the people's will. Um, so that's what really was struck me was it was just so outright and so blatantly, I guess, honest about it. I, I, I was really shocked, you know, with their defense. Yeah, they, the, the arrogance of the honest display of raw power in right. which the Democratic National Committee asserted in uh, legal documents, we do not have to follow our own rules. We do not have to operate the Democratic Party in a democratic fashion. We are a private organization controlled by the National Executive Committee uh, and rank and file members and even voters themselves are merely advisory. It was really shocking. So uh, I want to remind the viewers and listeners, you're watching and or listening to A Green Way Forward, the converse, where we have weekly conversations about building a peaceful, nonviolent, independent political revolutionary force. We pay specific attention to the Green Party and how the Green Party can be the electoral arm of that movement. I want to encourage folks uh, to go to the website, agreenwayforward.org, sign up to get Uh, weekly announcements about who our guests are going to be and your ability to get podcasts and videotapes that you can share with others. I want to let folks know that already we've got a couple of comments and questions coming in. Uh, Ronte writes in to ask, how can we solve discrimination, intimidation, and violence uh, in our culture? Uh, Eric Rydberg, your thoughts? So America has a horrible history of colonialism, right? Uh, we we basically, well, not we, <laughs> but the formation of this country was built on, you know, white supremacy, capitalism, and patriarchy. So it's actually inherent in uh, the culture, the American culture, to for things to have a sense of dominance and a sense of, um, you know, power over others. That's what capitalism is all about in order for... Uh, the few to become rich, there must be an oppressed class in which they step on the backs of to ascend, right? So violence is, uh, is it's, it's inherent in the culture here. So what we have to do is unlearn what it is that society taught us. A great way to do that is to actually step back and find out and start learning about the indigenous peoples of your land and start learning how they lived in harmony with their environment, Right. Um, we were tend to be matriarchal societies. We lived, my family lived for over 10,000 years uh, in ecological harmony with our environment. Uh, there is a lot to be learned, but if you look in the textbooks of our schools, you are not going to learn about these things. So uh, one thing we need to do is uh, take a step back, uh, learn from our indigenous people, realize, learn from our women, because in this patriarchal system, uh, we, we, there's still not equal pay here. Women are the closest to the land. Uh, they have they have so much to teach us if we would uh, elevate them and listen to what they have to say. Um, we really, really, really need to build a culture of solidarity between um, everybody in this country. How can I stand in solidarity if I don't know what religion you believe in, if I don't know what culture you come from, if I don't know these things about you? I can't truly stand in solidarity uh, with you. So that's what we need to start doing is looking at everybody as a brother, as a sister, as family, because, you know, as Lakota people say, and they taught me at Standing Rock, you know, Mataki Oyasin, all are related, 
right? Black, red, yellow, white, the medicine wheel. That's the color of all people. We're all related. We're in this together. The earth is a closed system and we need each other. We cannot <laughs> do this alone. So in that spirit, let's bring Angelica in to, to, to get your thoughts on that comment question that Ronte yeah. asked. I agree with Eric's statement. Um, we definitely need to get back to um, the basics in many ways. I think that with technology, that we've had great advances, but they've all, there has also been some challenges that come along with it. I feel that people have become really disconnected from each other, from humanity. And I think that we have a case of, you know, some really deep-seated, uh, I guess, um, oh gosh, I lost the word, but, um, you know, a disconnect and dehumanization of each other and, and really a, a lack of respect for life. And I think that we, we, we need to focus on family and uh, we need to um, take the time with our, with our children and to really teach them, um, you know, the, what good comes from diversity and what we need to do to respect each other's cultures and, you know, teach our women to be strong uh, our, our girls, you know, to grow, to, to be strong women and to teach our boys to be respectful, uh, to be strong in their own right and to stand with, with their sisters, right? And to elevate and to make sure that they're not being uh, taken advantage of. I think that patriarchy is embedded in our culture and it's not going to uh, be something that we can shake off easily, but I think that um, we need to become aware and it, it really um, depends a lot on the men in the movement. I think that men need to really become self-aware of behaviors that they might be practicing and to really um, make an extra effort to give women space. And if women are taking space to step back and allow for them to be able to express themselves and to take leadership roles and honestly to encourage uh, women to take leadership roles um, because in the in society, you know, we have um, some customs that also are not shaken off easily. So I think that um, all of us have to support each other and um, start focusing on in the home and with our brothers and sisters, siblings, um, our children, and to really um, emphasize the importance of each other, uh, you know, humanity, and that um, we need to stand up against injustice be it capitalism, be fascism, uh, be misogyny, uh, all of it. We need to stand together um, and be strong um, as a unit. I am so very proud to hear both of you not only talk as, as Green Party leaders, but I want to really underscore as candidates for office, Eric Rydberg running for Secretary of State uh, in the state of California, Angelica Duenas running for U.S. Congress uh, to represent a, a district in Los Angeles. Think about it, folks. Uh, these are candidates who are willing to talk about patriarchy, white supremacy, capitalism, the need to move away from a dominator power over system to a cooperative power with kind of system. That's the kind of language that you hear from rank and file members of the Democratic Party, but you never actually hear from candidates running for office at, at this level. Uh, so I really want to lift up Eric uh, and uh, Angelic at that point. And I'd also like to give an opportunity to Michael O'Neill, who serves, yes, as executive producer of this program, but is also an organizer and a staffer 
for the Green Party of New York State. And I'd like to open the space uh, to you, Michael O'Neill, with a comment or question. Thanks, David. Uh, Eric and Angelica, this is to both of you. While, you know, from the perspective of a lot of Greens, you know, the Sanders presidential primary was, you know, problematic from, the, from like, you know, him running within the Democratic Party and, you know, some views on his policies. But I think it's undeniable that the formidability of his campaign as an insurgent candidate and running a really volunteer-driven, grassroots-driven campaign is something that we would benefit to learn from. Uh, from your involvement in, in, in that time of the presidential primary, how has that informed the kind of campaign that you want to run in California? Eric, you're running in a statewide race. And Helica, you've got a congressional district to cover. That's a fair amount of territory. Uh, what are some of the burner tactics that you want to bring to your campaign to activate a lot of people in support of your platform? Helica, please. Um. Go ahead, Eric. <laughs> okay. So, um, so that's exactly what the Bernie Sanders uh, campaign was—grassroots, right? Um, he didn't actually do his campaign itself, as far as the people running running the works uh, behind the scenes. Didn't do anything super, super amazing. What was really, really amazing was grassroots organizers uh, using social media using um, just door knocking and baking shirts and making buttons and getting out there and telling their neighbors. Uh, that's the kind of thing. I mean, just look at all the algorithms Facebook's got now. So you can't share anything. Like it's a direct result of the success of the Bernie Sanders campaign. Like uh, there, the, the fear of, I think part of this whole Russia narrative is actually not the fear of 13 trolls and a couple hundred thousand dollars compared to Hillary's 1.2 billion dollar campaign what i think it's the fear of is people having freedom of information to be able to take somebody like little known bernie sanders uh to stand up and uh, you know potentially win against the largest name in politics so that's what i'm bringing is everything that i learned from the bernie sanders uh movement that's what i'm bringing to the green party that kind of grassroots outreach and uh, social media outreach and those kind of things uh, to really get in your community, um, get in and struggle with your community and bring them along and let them know that there's a new option, another option. Corporate free candidates are good. A corporate free party is better. That's what I'm. And Helica, your thoughts? Yes. No, I think that um, Bernie Sanders showed many of us that, uh, you can run a successful campaign uh, without corporate donations. So I think that was very, very inspiring to many of us. And um, I think that what what I took from Bernie's campaign and how, you know, I, what I learned was focusing on the issues and the issues that matter. Um, people are paying attention now more than ever. And I think that it's, you know, um, taking advantage of that momentum and I think that things from um, the Occupy movement on this way, um, there's been something brewing in the air. And I think Bernie was able to capture that and, and run with it. And uh, many uh, corporate free candidates who are running right now are doing the exact same thing. And I think that focusing on the issues has really inspired people to become involved. People who normally would not have gotten involved, even people who did not get involved during Bernie. 
um, have kind of woken up and felt that there's something that they need to do to 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 make a difference. So, um, Bernie, you know, as imperfect and as amazing as he was, really has a awaken a whole a whole movement of people who are paying attention to politics and uh, i'm very proud um to be a part of this movement and, and taking our revolution forward um and i'm very proud to be doing so with a corporate free party you know the green party and helica thank you so much for that and eric as well you know uh, and i'll take a stab at michael's uh, question even though i was always a green and never worked on the Sanders campaign as an observer, here's what, and somebody who studied it and watched it and was really pretty amazed because what I want to say is this, Bernie Sanders did not uh, almost win the Democratic Party uh, primary against all odds. People like Angelica Duenas, Eric Rydberg, and literally hundreds of thousands of people like them did. I got to tell you folks, when I found out that ordinary people were creating their own phone trees, creating their own walking lists, creating their own materials, and they were doing it completely outside of the structure. Some uh, of the uh, the millennials that were working within the Sanders campaign were trying to facilitate it, but it was mostly a standard kind of campaign. The difference was that young people came pouring in, responding to the message of healthcare is a human right. Uh, education as a human right, uh, the, the need to actually address the climate crisis. What I like to say is that the Sanders campaign uh, inspired and awakened a lot of people who have actually gone beyond Bernie Sanders. Uh, and as a longtime Green Party uh, organizer and member, I want to say to Angelica, Eric, uh, and literally the thousands and tens of thousands of uh, you who have joined the Green Party, welcome we actually need not only your your vision and your leadership, uh, but we need like your ideas and your knowledge about how to do a- actual grassroots kind of organizing. And I really want to thank you both for what you've done and what you will continue to do. You know, the time has just flown by. Uh, I do want to give an opportunity uh, for last comments, and I want to make sure that you both in these final comments Uh, give us uh, the website where people who are listening on a podcast can go to more uh, about learn more about you. So let's start with you, Angelica Duenas, your closing thoughts. Yes. No, thank you so much for having us. And um, like we mentioned before, we're running a green and corporate free campaign and we can use your help. If you take a look at our website, angelicaforcongress.com, um, you can go to angelicaforcongress.com forward slash volunteer, sign up there. Or if you can't volunteer and you can donate, uh, please donate at angelicaforcongress.com forward slash donate. And we look forward to hearing from you. And um, we appreciate uh, your help and your time. Thank you. Eric Rydberg, your final thoughts. So I would urge everybody to please go to Eric. It's with a K, Eric with a K, number four, uh, SOS.org, Eric4SOS.org. Please donate to my campaign. I am running against the Democratic Party, CADEM, California Democratic Party's Alex Padilla. Um, to all my Bernie Sanders people out there, you should be very well familiar with this name because this is the person that oversaw one of the largest debacles in primary election history. 
Um, so it's time for us to take back our democracy. I'm running on the Green New Deal's fourth part of the Green New Deal, which is a functioning democracy. That means hand-counted paper ballots. It means mandatory recounts. It means I'm going to be pushing for a proportional representation. It means that we cannot allow corporate bot candidates to oversee our elections, right? So please go to eric4sos.org. My slogan is defend democracy, protect the vote. It's time for us to take our country back from the corporate state. And it starts by having somebody of integrity overseeing the vote count. So please vote for me on June 5th in California for Secretary of State and go to eric4sos.org. It's time to demand, uh, we can't ask anymore. It's time for us to demand election justice and integrity from our system. So thank you so much. So I want to conclude with a big thank you to Eric Rydberg running for Secretary of State in California and Halica Duenas running for Congress uh, representing Los Angeles. Uh, I also want to thank executive producer Michael O'Neill. And most importantly, I want to thank you, the viewer slash listener. Uh, we are building momentum here at A Green Way Forward. If you want to join that momentum, I'll encourage you again to go to the website, agreenwayforward.org. Please sign up to get weekly announcements about our programs. It'll give you an opportunity to download prior programs. You can choose to either get it by videotape or you can also uh, get podcast versions of it. I am very excited to tell you that next week, our guest will be Sarah Grace Mansky, uh, who is a PhD student at UC Berkeley, who's at the cutting edge of blockchain technology. So not just Bitcoin, but blockchain itself, which is a way to democratize information, which touches upon the same basic idea that both Eric and Angelica were talking about. So I want to thank everyone for what you're doing. Remember to keep on keeping on. The Green Party is getting larger, stronger, and better organized every day. It is because ordinary people are beginning to participate. Let's take our country back from the corporate elite who have hijacked it from us. Peace. <laughs>